You strike me as the bear type. Welcome aboard the USS Boda. This is your captain, not Patrick Stewart speaking. You're listening to Dork Trek. Dorktrek.com. Engage, Mr. Manny. Welcome to a brand new episode of Dork Trek. Hello and welcome. Sorry about last week. I wasn't feeling well, kind of under the weather, so it took a week. Um, and in that time frame, the United States of America froze. Just froze. Froze over. So I hope everyone is safe. I hope all you guys are safe. Is there any snow in Virginia? Nope. Lots of not, rain. Not here. Just rain. Just rain. They, yeah. There was like some uh, freezing ice on the road in James City County, I think. James City County. Yeah. But other than that. All right. Well, that, that that voice you hear, those lovely uh, baritone sounds comes from the one and only Dennis Black and Asian, who is a wonderful guy and a great podcaster and a, and a super dude. Who no, else wants true. to talk? And then I'll try to come up with a I'll come up with a cool intro. Hi, Bob. That lovely voice you hear is from the multi-talented Jenny Zell, who I've seen on social media you're getting into like sketch comedy acting things yeah. what's up with that I actually just started i uh, took uh, classes took classes last year and i never got to finish them because um pandemic happened <laughs> we so, were like two classes away from the end and we had pause so. so the bit you were doing you were like the crazy gardener lady yes which so, i don't think is too far off i guess <laughs> it's really not much of a stretch <laughs> okay uh, all right a friend of mine decided to do a project called Growers and Showers about crazy plant people mm-hmm. competing in a, a plant competition. I, I don't think I'm saying too much about her super secret Robert project. Plant? Is that why the <laughs> Growers and Showers? <laughs> What's that? It's penis related like Robert Plant? <laughs> Hers is. Spoilers. Uh, so I, she told us all to make characters that would be competing in this, this plant competition, like kind of like Best in Show. Mm-hmm. But For plants. plants. I dig it. And so my character, the concept of it was kind of like a cross between Log Lady from Twin Peaks and um, Professor Trelawney from Harry Potter. All right. And I must say, I love, love, and I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I love the Dick Van Dyke-esque British accent that you have that work in there. Like, because it's so Kevin Costner meets Dick Van Dyke British accent. Like, (laughs) You're nowhere near any kind, but I love it. Like it's, it's I, I love mean, it. To be fair, it was my first time doing an English yeah, accent. Yeah, <laughs> I know, but I loved it. Like I did. That's why I was saying, like I didn't want you to take offense to it, but it sounded for me the character was this lady is so wacky. She's pretending to be British to give her plants like more, like more prestige. See, I so was it done better the- or worse than uh, Jordy LaForge when he's pretending to be Watson? Cool. <laughs> Oh, that's. I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch it. Don't hurt, the, don't hurt my feelings. No, because if it's Jordy's worse, then that terrible. actually works better comedically. Yeah, like his wasn't well, bad enough to be funny, and it definitely wasn't good enough to be passable. Yeah, so. Jenny's was funny because it just sounded like someone trying to be extra fancy, and I really yeah. appreciate. I don't know. I don't know if that's what you were going for. No, but that's no. what I got from it, and <laughs> it added a layer. But that's the best part. Sometimes when you're doing things like this, when someone sees you work and they go, "Oh, I thought that was so funny that you," and then you just go, "Yep, that's what I was doing." <laughs> Well, that's good to know because I have to do an English accent. That was kind of a practice run. I kind of did it backwards. I should have done the other thing as a practice run. And then that one was supposed to be good in quotes. 
but it wasn't um, it's not like it was awful but it was funny because it was just off yes. if you well, if you want to read in line to calibrate yourself jenny here it is the guns and the dog <laughs> guns and the dog the guns and the dog guns and the dog uh no the other the other time i have to do the the voice um it it is supposed to be so bad that it's just that's intentional yeah so i guess i'll just stick with it and then but i really liked it. i thought it was no, fun. Where, where is this uh, i missed everything about this where can it's, i see this it's on instagram it's just a teaser right now um no she's, it. yeah <laughs> she's gonna have the full thing out in a couple of months i think it was good it was cute i thought it was good nice. well done jenny zell and last but not least he hasn't said a word because he's stewing over his shelves <laughs> No, I, I'm just saying, you know, I, I was I was wondering. So so Jenny Zale, with your your Britishnesses, I, I was wondering, I used to on the podcast with with the, the British uh, TV show that you used to do. There there was an episode from the third doctor era that had um uh there was this old uh, uh the hillbilly version of Britain who who was out a hunting and he found across he, he found across this uh, alien uh, egg thing that fell on the farm or mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. And I remember you and your co-host, uh, he, y'all was making fun of hillbilly English people and he was doing one, you know, one, one voice or whatever. And then the, 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 the wife that we had seen that him yelling at on, on the doctor who show had kind of a fancified British accent. Uh huh. And I was wondering if that had any influence on the British voice that you have. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say no, because I don't remember that at all. <laughs> well, see, that was, it was a great one of things, convention was... question for right there. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> weird meandering and ultra specific in a way that Jenny would never be able to like mm -mm. understand. So there was a, there's a job for, for a man who has a shirt though. that says genius at work. Why are you obsessed with a kid's cartoon? <laughs> I withdraw my question. <laughs> it's one of my favorite Simpsons bits. <laughs> there was a Pertwee episode that we did where the I, the, I know the uh, the Doctor Who episode, and it was the bit we did was I did I think like the the Bob modification you know Blaine County Bob modded mm -hmm. voice, and in the background you were doing a me 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 that that bit I remember that. But then we switched it, <laughs> so then we could hear her side of it, and she was well-spoken that's right yeah now okay. i remember now i remember yeah yeah that was way i i, I was like why am i remembering Shit. a third doctor episode <laughs> so, so it's been like eight years since i did a, an english accent before okay. yeah but that's who i thought of when you you initially started but then you took it to a new direction but i was like oh i kind of recognize that it was well done though i i laughed i especially the 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 or the straightening the flowers thing. <laughs> yeah, it was, I, it was I good. I really can't wait to see what she puts into the final cut because I have a lot of stuff like outtakes that I want to release a, a blooper reel. Like That's when awesome. The when the lady walks by the fence behind me in the middle of a scene and I just start calling her a cunt. <laughs> Jesus. That's awesome. And then we already introduced Ben and we are a Star Trek podcast. We are the Star Trek podcast. We are currently watching Voyager. We're on the sixth episode. Is this the sixth episode of Voyager? Fifth Is episode? It? It's yeah, called it's The Clouds. Six. The Cloud. 
That's where I, I back up my computer yep, to, right? All of their apps are in the cloud now. Man, oh man. I gotta tell you. I gotta tell you. <laughs> Again. Can I say, Bob? Yeah, go ahead, Ben. One, say once say a, away. Once again, and I guess it's just because of how time compressed this series makes me feel. There's coffee in that nebula. I would have sworn was at least two or three seasons from now. Okay. It would be awesome if like every other episode she says that <laughs> there's coffee, in, there's that coffee nebula. in that nebula. It's just like all of the memes. No, Captain. <laughs> not that one either. There's not even a nebula this week, Captain. There's coffee in it. No, just calm down. You calm can't down. see it. I see the nebula. There's coffee in it. That's what this episode is most famous for is the coffee in the nebula. That's what yeah. the show is most famous for. <laughs> My my favorite me- so there's so you're a lot saying of good Dennis, memes and they all came from first season. You're saying that this show is famous only be- for strictly for the sixth episode. Pretty much, yeah. One line, line, there's coffee and then nebula. The, in the Wikipedia article, the third sentence of the intro is, uh, "This is the episode where Captain Janeway says the line there is coffee in, on that nebula,' which isn't what she said, which." was made famous when real-life astronaut tweeted this line from the International Space Station in 2015. Okay, so should we so just... this is uh, the most famous thing about this show. Well, see, the, wait, it, that line was made famous by the astronaut tweeting it, yeah, not no, by her saying exactly. it on the not show. Not by her saying it, yeah, you yeah. dipshit. Not repopularized, but it was... Yeah, repopularized, I think. Dennis, you know get in there. I'm going to have to edit this. Get in there. Get in there. Get in there. I, I normally, you know, this is a uh, situation where we can, compl- you know, go back and forth. I, I have no reason to. Now, is this, is this like. Wager changes. Now, here's my question, okay? Is this peak Voyager? Is it all downhill from here? Like, yes. <laughs> like, yes. Is this it? The, we've got, there's coffee in the nebula. We've got the episode with the phage. Um, what else? We've got temporal, we've got time travel. I mean, here's the thing. Here's another weird space anomaly that we're hitting, just like in episode two. Yeah. I mean. A lot of jargon. A lot of jargon. And like, I like the beginning of the episode, I think is cool. Like Janeway does her log and she's saying like the, the morale on the crew is low. And I'm like, man, she can read my mind because it is low over here too, baby. <laughs> And we ain't 70 million light years away from our crib, daddy. We are watching this. But the morale is low and she's really worried about the crew and there's no counselor on board because of the nature of their mission. And she's just kind of fearing. It was supposed to be a three hour tour. A three three hour hour tour. tour. And yet somehow Neelix packs enough clothes for seven years. Well, a replicator, bro. Oh, but I guess not because Neelix sewed it. Neelix gives um, uh, uh, the captain stink about trying to get some coffee with the replicator. And he, I mean, I like the opening of with uh, Paris and homeboy eating breakfast and they're like, oh, we should have invited her over. And it's like, it doesn't work that way. She's the captain. We don't do things like that. Like she sits with us. Like we don't ask her to sit with us. Like she'll invite us, blah, blah, blah. So they're kind of toying with that notion that they played with in the last episode mm-hmm. of D&G. Like we're already there. Like we're season seven D&G in this thing already. But I don't I know. understand, like, what's the difference between them eating rations versus him 
cooking a bunch of shit and like rations in the the galley okay so here's the the multiple things the multiple replicator things jenny multiple multiple choice the the food the food day. slots buckle take up <laughs> buckle up here we go and i'll get to the recipe at the end of the story you want to put your hands up in the air and wait for the camera to take a picture <laughs> so the replicators obviously take energy because they're based on transporter technology so basically every time you replicate something that uses energy that's it's akin to beaming up and down somebody mm-hmm. and probably more so um to uh, if you want the food to actually taste good um so that's that's an energy consumption pure energy as you probably know from from seeing people cook in the past using a stove doesn't i don't want to imply that a woman cooks that would be sexist but so cooking in your house considering that you and jenny were in a relationship before Mm -hmm. implying that she can't cook is not necessarily the best thing that you want to do either I don't think he said can't. I think he was saying like willingly. Well, he's well, trying like, so hard to not what be sexist you've that done he's before. Super sexist. Yeah, what you've done. So before when you broads are in the cooking. kitchen where you're supposed to be, and Better. you finally get around to Bare fucking foot. cooking, um, <laughs> that will take less energy than disassembling the entire atomic structure of the food and reassembling it. Makes sense, right? Okay. So that's where the Neelix part comes in. And then he and they've got like the hydroponics bay where they're all getting high, but they also grow plants. The hippie um, lettuce. Yeah. So and, and then whatever they can like trade. Jazz cabbage. Um, <laughs> wow. Haven't heard that one in a while. The other thing then is the food rations. That that would be like eating MREs all the time. Mm-hmm. Which when this episode came out, yes, MREs were not great. Yeah. However, about seven years later, there were some really delicious MREs. And do you think that was because we had been at war <laughs> constantly for fucking 20 years? Uh, I mean, you have a chance to improve. But that's that's the old joke, though, with any military is that the the, the prepackaged you know, survival food is always going to suck. And so just we know that 400 years in the future, 300 years in the future, Starfleet. The, the meal packs still suck. So Neelix decides to start cooking and he's making all this stuff that people aren't really used to eating yet and using weird spices and stuff. And Janeway just wants some coffee. Um, mm-hmm. And she asked Neelix for coffee and he's like, well, you know, I made this, which is great. And she's like, I'll A just get vegan some. coffee. Yeah, I'll just get some from my oh, replicator no. rations. And he's like, Captain, you shouldn't do that. And he starts mansplaining to the captain. Yeah. Neelix is very annoying in this episode. Like I wanted he, I wanted him beamed into space. Yes, I wanted him shot change. out of the airlock. Like he is annoying as fuck. And I imagine it's only gonna get worse. He's like, mm-hmm. bitch, bitch, are you trying to tell me how to captain this ship? Yeah. The fuck? Well, Captain. Uh, you need to set an example for the rest of the crew. And if you're out there using your rations, well, that's the whole point of there being rations. Yeah, she can exactly. use one, but not have one later, you dipshit, with that stupid apron. God, I wanted to punch his fucking face. I hate him. I hate him so much. And then I hate him even more later in the episode, but I'll get to it. I'll get to that part. And then there's even more I parts the where I hate There's going to be a lot of opportunities to hate Neelix. In this God, game. he sucks <laughs> so much. I tweeted then, about it, about how much I hated Neelix in this episode. And apparently Swear, Te- Swear Trek does a thing where they 
put captions on him and make him sound like he's from Boston, <laughs> <laughs> which is the only way that Neelix is tolerable. There's at least, I think Neelix is only in like three scenes in this whole episode and every scene he's in, maybe four, he's worse than the scene before. He's so frustratingly annoying that I just want to punch him in the fucking face. Each mm -hmm. and every time. He gets, how is he getting worse? And this is only the sixth episode and I just <laughs> want to fucking punch his face in. Like when he wanted to leave the ship, I mean, I'm, I know this is like way later, but he was like, uh, can you can you let us just go sit on our ship for a little while? Fucking get out of my face. Yeah, I just would be like, cool. And then just shot him out and be like, exactly. yeah, we're good. Yeah. Just yeah. beam like, him out uh, of space. Well, if we're just going to talk about the aggravation of Neelix, the scene where they they actually go into the nebula and Neelix is on the he's in the mess hall and he's just steady bitching about the captain. Oh, this we're never gonna get home at this rate. And she's got to fly in every nebula, and this captain's an idiot. And, and he's he's just being a man. And where where does he need to go? Yeah, <laughs> like bitch, you the hitchhiker on this ship. Yeah, we can fucking stick your ass right back where you fucking came from, and you're done. But he's typical to me in that scene in the mess hall. Neelix came off like like your dad watching Fox News and they show Hillary Clinton and he's like, what the fuck does she know? She's just some dumb skirt, fucking stupid idiot, doesn't know anything about being a captain. Ugh. And it's nauseating. It's fucking nauseating to watch. And then while this is happening, while Neelix is being a total dickbag, some reason Kess gets really hot and she's like, I've never fucked in a nebula before. It's like, bitch, this is what turns you on? Like, what are we doing here? What kind of messages are we sending to How people? How long was she captive of the Kazon? Yeah. Like, you know, you know, a man wrote this show because Neelix is steady bitching about a woman in power. And the only woman in the scene is like, fuck me now. <laughs> it's like, what oh, is happening? Misogyny turned me on. Oh, God. I love it when men talk about how dumb women are, especially those in power who could do a job you could never do yourself because you're a fucking cook. Oh, fuck me, stud. It's like, what are we doing here? What the fuck is happening? Yeah, I lost a lot of respect for Kess. Yeah. Because Kess was kind of moving up my list of like, you know what? She's not that bad. She's kind of cool. I like her. I like, I thought this episode was going to go, Kess was going to kind of be pushed into that um, kind of counselor role because she's kind of already showing some of those qualities. Mm -hmm. But the only thing we get from Kess in this episode is, oh God, Neelix, I love it when you're a misogynist. Call me a dumb bitch. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> what is happening here? That's her way of counseling. I guess. <laughs> it, it works. I guess it's her way of shutting him up. It did shut him up, I guess. Yeah. The card, I guess you're right. You are. She is just come blow me and I'll make some canapes for everybody. Yeah. So then we see Neil and then like Jenny said, we see him again when they're back in the nebula and he freaks out and tries to yell at Janeway and Janeway just tells him to fuck off. And she actually explains it to him. Like if this was on CBS all access in 2020, when she said dismissed that Starfleet, she would have said that Starfleet for fuck off. Yeah. But in on cable in 1995, that's not even was it cable? This was broadcast. Well, it's, it's broadcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's Get Out. GTFO. And, and I really liked Janeway at that moment. I was like, yes. yes. 
finally. Like yeah. it was she, like she read my mind, except I was saying get the fuck out, and she just said get out. She's I been know giving she him meant. a lot of leeway. <laughs> yeah, with his attitude. Yeah, I'm glad she finally said, you know what, fuck you. Well, yeah. didn't we notice that though? I th- I guess last week yeah. that she was really just it's like she's you, humoring him, and it's yeah. Like, but you got to snap him back into. Yeah, well, I mean, I think and we see some of that in this episode, too. I mean, Janway, as much as I like her, she reminds me of like your typical liberal white woman who like is so into the idea of everyone's culture, because when we're on the bridge and Chakotay is talking about his spirit animal to me, this is just me watching. I felt like Chakotay was fucking with her. Yes. <laughs> and she was eating it up. Like, really tell me more. Oh, and he just leaning yeah. in. Yeah. Oh, like Jade yeah. the kind of woman that goes, tones. Yeah, she's the kind of woman that goes into a Chinese restaurant and like takes her shoes off and bows before like <laughs> she goes to the table. Like she's that liberal white lady. Really tell me more about the spirit animal. Mm-hmm. Now, do, are, are crystals involved in any way? Are you a bear? You you look like a bear. <laughs> this is like this is <laughs> fucking great because I couldn't. I really, honestly thought Chakotay was just fucking with her. Yeah, and it was almost cringy, but it it also wasn't like you could tell that she was being really genuine about it. It wasn't like she was being condescending or like. She wasn't like trying to culturally appropriate. She was just like fascinated by all this. She wanted those mind altering uh, devices. That's what she really wanted. Are we taking peyote? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, we don't need that anymore. We have these little, you know, hand vibrators. No, 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 no. I want, I want the hand vibrator, but I also want peyote. Um, Yeah, it was legal. Starfleet made it legal back in uh, in sixty three. It's okay. Cash in a replicator ration. Yo, I'll trade you a replicator ration for some peyote and my hand vibrator. I mean, you if you need to grow it in the hydroponics, is, is that something Kes could help with? The garden? <laughs> we have the, ar- ar- the, 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 the arboretum that we could grow some stuff. Voyager in. becomes like a drug mule in the <laughs> Delta Quadrant. <laughs> Yo, that would be interesting and more interesting than what's happening now. Maybe, like, if you want to make me interested in Neelix, that's the show. Neelix, every place they go, he's just delivering yayo to people. That's why he dresses that way, because he's a drug dealer. He's a drug dealer. (laughs) Doesn't it make sense now that Neelix is a drug dealer? Yeah. Why else? Girlfriend that's way too hot. Yeah. He dressed on coke. He dressed like go to any nightclub. Remember nightclubs? Guys that dress like Neelix were normally selling cocaine. Like that's just how it was. And the girlfriend's just there because she's hooked on the blow, baby. She wants the money. She wants that blow. But yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah, that, that scene to me was with Chakotay fucking hilarious. <laughs> but like the thing is, it go, it leans into Janway's character because we've seen that she's kind of a nerd. Yeah. Well, she like, was a science officer. Yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of times we forget that. Um, with previous captains, you know, they were helmsmen or they, you know, had maybe a background in engineering or security or whatever. But she came up through the sciences and she was a damn good science officer yeah. from what, you know, from what we hear from, you know, tales of that time. So, you know, yeah. It's really good. Like she's a nerd. So, of course, she would be into it. And it's kind of what she's needed to hear because, oh, yeah, you can talk. We don't have it. We talk to our spirit animal. Well, do you think, though, also 
kind of in line with with the 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 conversation that Tom and uh, um, Harry were Harry. having. Harry yes. Kim. Yeah, geez, I'm just, I, you know, it's only been 30 they years. They just need somebody named Dick. Tom, Dick, and Harry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm Richard. Get out of here. I guess that's but, Neelix. Well, yeah. <laughs> he's got the dick nose. Um, no, so when they were talking about pairing off in that episode a while back, and is, you know, my take on this, yes, yeah, he was fucking... Um, Chicote was fucking with her about those spirit guides and things. But I thought this was kind of her attempt at, you know, she, the captain can't be friends with anybody, but she can be friends with the XO. Yeah. And, you know, he's a bear, you know, so, you know, a big, strong man, tell me more about your culture. You know, I'm going to lean into it. Maybe she was laying the groundwork for, Hey, if we are going to start pairing off, hair. Like, oh, that's fascinating. Tell me more. Like, which that's would, what that means? Which would go Fuck. with the liberal white woman thing, like her first semester in college, like just starts dating a minority, just, you know, like, I want to experience what your life is like, too. Oh, my God, I forgot that. Abdul. <laughs> she can piss off her dad. Yeah. <laughs> Tell This is your experience. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, just generic white lady stuff. You know, laying the foundation. Isn't it a little interesting that uh, Janeway's spirit animal is a salamander? Yeah. <laughs> well, for the people, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but Everybody I knows. I definitely I know. thought about threshold. I don't know. That. Yeah. What's the, what's the no? Well, you got to wait a couple of years. Come on, man! I might not make it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when they go to warp ten. There, there's an episode later where they go to warp 10 and it causes Janeway and uh, another crewman to um, Paris. Well, I was trying to leave they some get, of the they suspense. Fuck on? Well, they, they evolve into these oh. salamander looking amphibians. That makes sense. Okay. And yes, they get their fuck on, but <gasps> as amphibians yeah. and then lay eggs that, in each other. <laughs> no, on the beach. <laughs> okay. That's a fetish. That's <laughs> Lay your eggs on me. Lay your eggs on so. me. Lay well, I, your eggs on me. There was a, a mouthy broadcast about ovipositors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There was a, a mouthy broadcast about what? Ovipos ovipositors? Mm -hmm. Is it Ovi or Avi? I think Avi. Ovipositors. Mm -hmm. Where you know, like the, the alien egg laying thing. Ah, yes. It's like a it, dildo with a jello egg inside of it. That bloop. And then you squeeze it. Ooh, yeah. gross. <laughs> Is it like, actual oh, jello? Yeah, like they sit, they give you like a like an egg mold. And you make this jello jiggler type thing yeah. and make an egg. You put yeah. that into the uh, the dildo. The device. Thing. Yes. And then you squeeze it in. It, like some people, their fetish is to get impregnated by an alien dick with a jello egg. You said then you what? squeeze it in. I wasn't exactly sure what was getting squeezed. So in then, the what way. happens to the <laughs> jello egg? Then does it just dissolve in your yeah. body? Well, it's dissolve. not like yeah. it's not like J E L L O Jello. Jello pudding. More like dildo. a. It's okay. a gelat It's a gelatinous like a, mix. Like a gummy, gummy worm type material, yeah. I guess. Is, I don't know. All right, this make okay. I'm glad. I'm just I mean, I don't know. I don't have one under my bed or anything. <laughs> <laughs> I am glad I'm married. 
I don't have one in my butt right now. Oh my God. <laughs> but you're sitting so comfortably. It sounded like a complaint, Jenny. Yeah. <laughs> it was. <laughs> but yeah, so they see this nebula and there's coffee in them, their hills. So they, they go into the nebula for coffee. And then as soon as they kind of get in there, problems start happening. Um, <laughs> uh, I was... I'm glad this evolved further than it did because at first, for the first 10 minutes, 15 minutes of this episode, the enemy was dust. It's like this episode was written by my mom. Like, <laughs> your house is so dusty. It's everywhere. You know, so the enemy was dust. There's dust on the ship and it's fucking with the, the instruments and we got to get out of here. So they blast a hole out of the nebula because they get stuck in there. They mm-hmm. shoot one of their 38 because they mentioned it. So I wrote it down, 38 photon torpedoes and then they get out. End of the episode. End of the episode. I thought that was it. Like, I thought the episode's over. I was like, wow, that was a good one. Like, cool. Like, awesome. There's some shooting, you know. And then I looked down. I was like, there's 40 minutes left? What are we doing here? I had already checked out at that point. I was like, we're done. This is it. Wait, this episode just got longer. <laughs> is this a two-parter? Are we stuck in a time loop? Has this already oh, happened no. to us? I travel again. <laughs> Many times. Uh, I, I hate to interrupt the flow of this episode, but I no, have some exciting. Free. I have exciting news to share. Go, please. Ooh. I've been. Uh, I, I saw. I had a message on Wikipedia. And I was like, uh oh. <laughs> 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 so I check it out, and they said, "Hello, I noticed your contributions and wanted to welcome you to the Wikipedia community. They've invited me to create an account so I can regularly edit." Really? Because they love my edits, Ben. That's awesome. Wow. Congratulations. So Dennis is officially a Wikipedia editor now. Yep. Can you put that on my resume? Can you put that on a resume? Yeah, sure. Why not? Wow. That's (laughs) really, I really don't think you're, just because you can edit doesn't mean you're an editor. I mean, granted, anybody can create an account. Uh, but... I think that's exactly what the me- what the word editor yeah. means. Well, don't yeah. don't knock his accomplishments. Mr. Actual, I can't. Well, Mr. I actual can't build bookshelves. Fucking naysaying. Yeah, hey, you leave my bookshelves out of this. I saw your eyes <laughs> burn with rage, Ben. <laughs> that email you was, edit that hex wrench. That email was meant for me. <laughs> no. Welcome aboard, Dennis. I've had my account for oh. Oh no! Okay, now he's got a. Sh- oh. now, he's a now he's. I've waving been doing his- it as a joke. <laughs> now he's waving his dig at you. Look! Look at me! Look at what I can do. Now let's let me just look at my view history here, and uh, let's see. We, How long are been? we going to whip him out, Ben? Is that what we're doing? And no. you know what? I don't like the fact too. For going back to it was repopularized by a real live astronaut. Who's the astronaut? Like how? That's why the thing. We... Like I, when I went in to edit it, it says in the in the footnote details. Yeah, it has the astronaut's name. I didn't take the time to edit that. But... Can I do that? And maybe they'll like my stuff. Maybe Cleopatra Jones, and they'll be like, "Sir, you can't do this anymore." <laughs> <laughs> Cleop, the astronaut. Hey, would you blow me? <laughs> do you think if I could do that, it would stay up there, so you guys could see it? Uh... <laughs> Wasn't it show? We'd have to act real fast. I pee freely. (laughs) Wasn't there a show called Cleopatra? Yeah. Seymour Butts. Cleopatra 2525. Yeah, Seymour Butts. They were in the future. 
In the year 25, 25. Dick hurts. <laughs> I think that's actually the theme song for the show. <laughs> Dennis, you, you nailed my that. Cut. <laughs> my cut. But I, I think it was uh, the uh, first time I saw um, Gina Torres in a, uh, in a series. Yeah, so we're back. Um, and then Kim is sleeping. And um, uh, Paris delivers a really good line about how did you get in here? Because he breaks into his room when he's sleeping and he's got his little mask on and Paris says, you learn a lot in prison. <laughs> and I thought that was, that was Terrifying. really, yeah, that was a really good line. I, what I do they learn in New Zealand prison? Really? That's a New Zealand space jail. I mean, it's just like, <laughs> it was still a good line. They don't line. even have COVID there. I, <laughs> <do you> learn? <laughs> I chuckled at the line. Come on. It, it was, was good. Funny. Dark enough show. for you. But then it got lame because they ended up in the holodeck. And this is our first, this is our first uh, holodeck appearance, right? And again, our- I thought this was three seasons from now, at least. No, this is episodes. I'm telling you, man, this is, this is the last episode of Voyager. I think we need to watch. We've seen it all. Stop while we're ahead. Pretty much. Maybe we just skip right to like year of hell. And then I think the next one's good. If I remember correctly. I can't wait to or at least I like the next one. I don't know if it's good, right. but yeah. So they uh recreate their uh Marseille, France. Can uh, I read my hall. can I read my notes to you? Yes. Okay, this is exactly what I wrote down. Okay. Why not jerk off in your quarters like a normal person? <laughs> well, that's okay. This is what I was thinking. If you can't make a cup of coffee, why can you spare the energy to go bang a French whore? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing at my own joke. I know that's really bad, but I mean, come on! <laughs> like, what, like, this is, what, this is, is, what if a cup of coffee <laughs> and French whore banging costs the exact same amount of energy? This is what you have to do to jerk off in the 24th century. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, well, here's the thing, though. You, you think about it. There's this escalation of porn. Where, you know, the more into it you get, the more it takes to get there. And so now it, it takes Sounds French, like experience. French sure. whores in, right, in, in Marseille, France. Dennis was talking about the other night about people getting stuck under furniture. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, Ben's got there's, the furniture. There's, there's a lot of that content out there right now. <laughs> I, I had my recliner flip over on me and I was pinned under it for three hours one time. That'll do it. Yeah, that. <laughs> Hopefully, you don't have any stepchildren around when that happens. <laughs> I would like to see that scenario flip though, where it's a fellow who gets stuck under there, and then the mom has to come help, or the stepmom has to come help. It's always the other way. Let's flip that. Let's 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 play with tropes of being caught under things and fucked. <laughs> Let's put a bounty out there. Ten thousand dollars to the person who can come up who can make this concept work. <laughs> We'd be so poor so fast. Yeah, it's probably already out there. Man, this is a great episode of Dork Trek, by the way. I'm just throwing that out there. Like right now. Like right now. This is a good one. Like we're 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 rolling. As always, bad episodes of Star Trek are good episodes of Dork Trek. See, but that's the thing though. I didn't think at first I was like, okay, this episode's dumb and I hate it. Mm-hmm. But then once the kind of plot kind of unravels a little bit, 
I was okay with the entity being like the nebula being alive. Yeah, we we've ran into that before ever since the days of the original series back with yeah. the giant space amoeba. Yeah, I thought it was cool. Like it kind of brought me back into it. I was like, you know what? I didn't see that coming. The fact that they flew into like a giant space nebula creature thing made it kind of interesting in the kind of way it unfolded where it's more exciting than dust. Yeah, way yes. more exciting than <laughs> dust. And I guess if you present dust as the nemesis, you can only go up from there when it comes to drama, you know? But yeah, and then the scene with Torres spinning the stuff and then giving it to to the doctor and the doctor was I thought the doctor was great in this episode mm -hmm. once again he's still yeah. my top character yeah I really enjoyed his repartee as he said with uh, Torres here because he's such a jerk yeah it's great <laughs> well if you don't like it you can talk to a, a certain holographic engineer named Zimmerman on Jupiter station but then it's like the doctor and Neelix are a case study in negging like Neelix is really a terrible negger. I guess that's not really a good word to use. <laughs> I'm gonna have to edit that out. Terrible at negging. Let's say. There you go. Yeah. Let's not make that a yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like the doctor is good at it. Like he does it, and you're kind of turned on by. It. You're like, oh, that's pretty cool, man. He he totally. Well, it's, like it's, not that he's, it's not that he's he's <clears throat> doing the neg type situation. He's he's just a dick. Yeah, it, it, I think that's different. Where well, I, mean, I don't know, it's like he's he's insinuating that Torres is pretty fucking dumb that she can't figure this stuff out on her. But he's not own. doing it for the purposes of getting in her pants. No, and he's, he's not doing, doing it because for, he thinks he's, he's better it, than her. It is making him more charming than like Neelix is doing it, and it's making see, like but it's infuriating. To yeah, watch. but the thing, but the thing about Neelix is, and we didn't mention it in the very beginning, was when he first sees the captain, he's like, "Oh, you look radiant today. This light is making you fat. Is that a new lipstick?" So he's kissing her ass, and it worked. Yeah, no, but what I'm saying, he's kissing her ass, but then as soon as she's not around, she's a dumb broad who, why are we flying into every nebula in space? This is fucking stupid. But then at the same time, the doctor says, that was my dryer, Ben. He can't. He couldn't hear that. That was my dryer. That was, oh. Yeah. And, but the same thing, the doctor essentially says the same thing, like, what, we're flying into another nebula? Like, are we, are we even trying to get home? Are we going to explore every square inch of space? But that's his character. Like, that's who he is right now. He's just some crab, but he's some crabby douche. But at the same time, what does it fucking matter? They can just turn you off and it doesn't matter. You're not going to, you're not real. You're a light switch. But that's that's his programming. That's you know. But where he, do you gotta go, Doctor? But then he does. There is a little foreshadowing here too, because he mentions like, well, if I'm a hologram, what am I gonna do? Like, have my own family, raise an army, and all those things happen later on in the show. So yeah, it's kind of a little bit of foreshadowing on his point there. It's all this episode is is just foreshadowing of different things. I, basically salamanders the, holographic families and armies the first six episodes or so are basically going to lay the groundwork for the entire rest of the series yuck good times holodeck. good times yeah the holodeck oh god <clears throat> but um so, so yeah the holodeck people were supposed to be irish or something 
Oh, that's in that's actually later, and it's another town that they make. Yeah, doesn't Janeway make her own town, right? And she's like a married lady, yeah, in Ireland or some weird Did shit. They just make bush gardens in the holodeck. <laughs> and then there, there's also Da Vinci's uh, lab where she goes to talk to to uh, Leonardo Da Vinci. Sometimes I heard uh, Harry Kim is too scared to ride the Loch Ness monster. Yeah, <laughs> he's a punk. And how is he a senior officer? He's an ensign. I don't understand that. Well, you're you're a bridge officer. And I guess that's kind of this weird fallacy that uh, all the Star Trek series have done, mm-hmm. where if, if you're part of the main crew, you're part of the main bridge crew, somehow you're the senior staff. And it's like, really, there's no more more senior than you? Yeah. yeah. What it's about like, the was night it first? shift? On the night shift. Yeah, like, they know the night shift that. people are our senior crew yeah is there no other lieutenant commanders on the ship they have their own show which is a lot more better than this one or they're like uh picard when in tapestry when he he's just a dipshit science officer could be well i mean here's the thing maybe harry is the most senior person left in operations that would be scary and sad yeah you know and then because he's uh, been he's been in starfleet for three weeks before they went on this voyage so much so that the mom was calling him telling him he forgot his clarinet and shit like yeah that's your guy right there can you come back and get your clarinet harry the old salty dog the the old salty dog harry kim well in my years of well i'm sorry in my year of experience in my four hours of experience (laughs) but i guess i got one time at starfleet academy we did this thing (laughs) do you think that would work here but yeah, so, oof. yeah. And then they realize what's happening and then they want to go back in and cure the yeah, creature. We heard it. Yeah. Which was nice. I mean, you're spending a lot. I mean, you're worried about drinking an extra cup of coffee, but you're fucking shooting your photon torpedoes at this stupid thing and you're wasting all this energy making all this techno jargon. The techno babble was insane in this episode. It was fucking everywhere. Didn't Everywhere. Pull out the uh, reverse the polarity, like in the old Doctor Who episodes. Yeah. Like reverse the polarity, the shields or something like that. And it was like, come on, stop. Well, that, not really you know, they've done that on uh, TNG as well, though. I mean, yeah, but I mean, like, I, f- I nothing, feel like nothing beats a good uh, polarity reversal. But I just feel, again, sure. I think we mentioned this a couple episodes ago. Voyager uh, going from Deep Space Nine, which was so techno jargon light, to like it, I feel like I'm in techno jargon overload. It's been building. It wasn't so much on DS9, but it, it was more than in TNG, and now it's just they've they've lost control. There was the one scene where they first discovered whatever they were going into, and they were just throwing techno babble all over the place. Like it was, it was like a tennis match. Like just watching them hit shit back and forth. Well, have you tried to reverse the polarity? No, but we also tried to extend the hyper warranty on the hyperdrive and, and just they're just banging shit back. You're like, holy f- stop! This is unlistenable. Like, what are we doing here? I'm trying to sound impressive. Yeah. Well, maybe okay. And and this goes toward um, the age of the show, I guess, or. Um... I don't know. We're we're three series in. We don't have the A team of writers, you know, on this one. It's going network, and now maybe it's filler. 
I need I need five more minutes in this episode. How do we <laughs> How do we fatten it up? Techno Jorgie. <laughs> yeah, you you you, uh, you what what was it they used to say? Uh, you you tech the tech. You track the track. Yeah. You, you yeah. track the track and you fill it full of techno babble and uh, you just add fifteen minutes wherever you need it. Now that's weird that you say that this this isn't the A writing team. But I mean, if you look at the writers of this episode, I mean, it's a story by what story by Brendan Braga, who's the dude, he's the dude written by Michael Pilar, who's the dude like so it's weird that you always kind of say that, yeah, this wasn't the A team. Now, when you're saying A team, you're talking like Ronald D. Moore and those dudes, yeah, like the Deep Space Nine team. Well, pretty much you're best people i think started and or had the seeds started in tng and bailed for ds9 mm-hmm. and when they got to ds9 they really had that freedom to grow where tng and voyager are much more controlled by the studios and then voyager has the addition of a network that kind of yeah. just beat them down so i guess i shouldn't you know be too much negative on the writers um not a fan of brandon braga um berman and braga can can you know lick my taint i don't care whoa not a fan okay all right that's a strong opinion Um, i've had that opinion since the uh 90s and i think i'll keep it but um, now, where is typical he? Star Trek thing? Like you have to establish your bona fides. You're like, I've had that opinion since the 90s. Well, I don't want you to think it's when like it a was five... first possible to have that opinion. By the exactly. Way. <laughs> I express it. I express it very openly on the internet forums that we discovered. I'm, I'm uh, actually, it was it was pre-internet. It was in the AOL chat rooms. Um, it's, it's still on a bulletin board. I have a transcript of that chat room. Mm, here it is. I actually do have some transcripts I back in the, the filing cabinet. Self-addressed stamped envelope to the Oprah Winfrey show to now, retrieve that transcript. Now, here's my question: Where does Braga and Berman or whatever I can't remember the two Bs? Where are they with JJ? Oh, I would put them above JJ. You because hate the, Eiffel, more than Eiffel Abrams? Tower, bro. No, because Berman and Braga actually make star trek yeah and then that's... jar jar abrams is some star wars guy okay i was gonna say i'm surprised so that he's... you even acknowledged him as a star trek writer he just did though yeah he did not he did he not did. he did say star wars yeah, and he did call him um he did call him that name uh jar jar which caught on by the way and i think you should get like a nickel every time somebody says it i think so too it Jar-Jar pisses me Abram. off that every time I see Jar, I and I saw a space adventure movie. You've been saying that since the two, two late two thousands. Yeah, no, I mean Ben was always calling it space adventure movie two thousand nine. Like that's his shit. Like we could make a t shirt on on one of the shirts space space adventure movie two thousand ninety nine, mm-hmm. and yeah, that's Ben. That's Ben's. Mm-hmm. You know, credit where credits due, man. Like that's yours, man. Yeah. So. You know, if I could get the hate to pay off, I, I would be a billionaire. Let the hate flow through you. <laughs> but I mean, much like I think in some Do ways, it. we kind of revolutionize the Star, the dirtier side of Star Trek. I mean, I call say what you will. I still think that it's our show and our show only that's responsible for lower decks. Oh, yeah. 
Well, and Discovery to some extent. Well, I mean, it's the really, dicks. yeah, the two dicks thing, of course. But I mean, like, I think we kind of helped usher in people taking Star Trek a little more uh, lightly. We made it more palatable. Everything doesn't have to be a fucking academic breakdown. And that's what I feel a lot of this yeah. episode is and becomes. Which is like, fine. It's fine to have those discussions. There's plenty of them. They're there's all, a time and place. They're all wonderful. But you can just fuck around sometimes, too. Yeah. There's a time and place, and this ain't it. But yeah, they go to the technical jargon and all that other crap, and they. And then I was excited about this episode because they mentioned suture. <laughs> yeah, Columbo. Yeah, you Columbo. Mean, oh, you mean like cat gut? Suture. <laughs> Did, suture. Was it the wrong color? Yeah, suture. suture? Yes, it was the wrong color suture. That's See, really the reason why the whole medical staff of Voyager got killed because <laughs> they realized that the uh, hologram was using uh, the wrong kind of suture to get rid of everybody who was yeah. being a dick. The, to the, him. What was the guy? The, so he contacted the caretaker and said, "Hey, man, abduct <laughs> my ship so I can kill everybody with suture." They're they're gonna give way in about two weeks. <laughs> I accidentally watched three hours of Columbo. Um, this week, that ain't no episodes. accident. Good for you. Um, I oh god, what's I, he's famous and I can't remember. I saw the the one with Peter the Falk. the author who um hired the Vietnam veteran who likes to blow shit up. I know, yeah, I know that episode. To, to kill because in that author has played like multiple bad guys. He's like one of the recurring bad Patrick guys. Patrick McGugan. No, no, not him. <laughs> Um, then the other one, it was the one right after that, though. Uh, God, I can't remember the guy's name. Um, I'm Selleck. No, shit, he's an older actor. I feel bad now. I can, like, in my head, I can. He was big in the 70s. You, you, you probably before your time, you wouldn't know him. But, uh, Publish or Parish is the name of the opposite. The that was, yeah, that was the, the one, the first one I watched. And, that was uh, here. Hang on, I'll tell you the actor's name. Um, it is Jack Cassidy. That's yep. He is one of the favorites to come back. Yeah. And what's the episode right after that? Hang on. Next is mind over mayhem. Yep. Watch that the, one too. The director of a government Institute that employs various scientific geniuses commits a class. That's the one with the robot, right? And the yes. kid. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. Cause that's the, that's robot. Robbie, the robot. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. Robbie, the robots in that one. And then the one right after that. Hang on. If we have to know. And the next one is Swan Song. That's the Johnny Cash one. Yep. The Johnny Cash one's good. And now, though, like it's. Now it's a little problematic because Johnny Cash gets in trouble for like having, a, I think, a relationship with a younger lady. Mm-hmm. And he kills his wife in an airplane accident or some shit like that yeah it was good it was good he's like some kind of re- the religious side of it and whatever yeah. but it, yeah it's like johnny cash singing a jesus song he actually sings sunday morning coming down by the pool in front of a bunch of like half naked chicks and i was like good for johnny cash like I, yeah that's what johnny cash deserves it sounds like um wayne newton in the uh um one of the timothy dalton james bond movies that's right he was that bless you child yeah 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 that's right i love those timothy dalton movies they're great Mm -hmm. man they don't get enough play they don't yeah 
That's because everybody likes um, the new guy. Pierce Brosnan? Yeah. No, uh, Daniel I Craig. Was, see, I was a Pierce well, Brosnan when, fan. When Timothy Dalton got hired, everybody wanted Pierce Brosnan to do yeah. it because of Remington Steele. Yeah. Well, but no, that when was... when they made him James Bond, they were like, like those movies weren't great. Except for well, No, because they, they took away, they took so much time is the thing. If Pierce Brosnan had come in when Timothy, instead of Timothy Dalton. Yeah. But NBC screwed him over with Remington Steel. Remington Steel was canceled. Okay, let me. Remington Steel. Looking, I'm looking right in the camera now, not at the people, at the camera, at you. Okay, <laughs> Remington Steel was fucking canceled. Okay, but he still was under contract. But it's one of those deals where it's like, yeah, the show's canceled. You're not coming back. So he goes to the to the James Bond people. The, the James Bond people were like. The Broccoli's are like, great, we've wanted you for a while. Come on over. Well, when he gets the part, or NBC hears that he's in negotiations and he's going to get the part. we got to bring this Remington Steel back. NBC <laughs> says, holy shit, we, we're sitting on a contract with uh, the James Bond guy. Hey, you know what? You go off and do your James Bond movie, and we're going to bring you back next season for the next season of Remington Steel. Well, then the Broccoli people say, whoa, whoa, whoa. People ain't going to pay to see what uh, you get every week for free over on the Remington Steel crap show. So drop the deal, right? So then he had to go back. He had to do this bullshit last season of Remington Steel that should never have happened. Travis, you know, you could tell everybody hated it. Nobody (laughs) wanted to be there. Travesty. I like Chakotay. Yeah, exactly. like Chakotay. And then Chakotay comes into the episode. He's got his medicine bag with him. And like he uh, he unveils this medicine bag and he's like, oh yeah, Chick, nobody's ever seen Trying this. Trying not to giggle while And I'm still <laughs> thinking like he's just bag. fucking with her. Like he's just fucking with her. I know it. Just like the uh, the the Native American advisor and uh, consultant was fucking with the, the producers of this show. It's like wrapped in it's like wrapped in fur and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like everything is, is, is here's the thing is that real fur in the 24th century or did I he get know. you know he have that replicated at the academy I mean, it's probably real because he's a native american guy so they're gonna imply that he went out and like caught killed it and stuff and then he made his medicine bag and he's like oh well you got to make your medicine bag too and then here's some fucking special rocks and shit and but he still had an electronic device in the medicine bag yeah but well it, it well because that instead of having peyote peyote he was like, That's "All right, they so, had. so then, like, she closes her eyes, yeah, uh, hallucinations, and then she sees like a it's beach. Kind of vape peyote, yeah, it's vape peyote. <laughs> She's vaping peyote. That's awesome. But yeah, so then she sees her spirit animal, and it's a little lizard. Then Taurus comes in, and they have a little cute moment. Well, you know, Taurus was the only person who ever killed her spirit animal, because <laughs> she's angry." Is it because she's Hispanic or because she's Klingon? It's because we don't hands. know. <laughs> yes. And then uh, Star Trek is racist. She also applauds every time the Voyager lands. Yeah. It's the weirdest thing, man. They, they used to do it in Turkey a lot. They don't do it so much anymore. I don't know. Last time I was on a plane in Puerto Rico, which is only twice, they did it both times. So I'm just going to assume it happens all the time. In my world, it happens every time. Oh. 
And then, then for some reason, somebody said, you like dogs, I like dogs. And then I had to go to fucking YouTube to watch the Snatch clip of Brad Pitt going, you like dogs? <laughs> I like dogs. I like dogs. Dogs? Dogs? When he's playing the pikey. Dogs. I like dogs. <laughs> yeah, so then, and then it just kind of ended because they fixed it and then she shows up in the holodeck well, and everybody's happy. They, they went out to get... Replen- to replenish their reserves. Night tags, night tags. And then they ended up depleting their reserves by 20%. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the funny part, too. Like, <laughs> Oopsies. I mean, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Um, I'm sure they'll find something later that'll help them out along the way. Uh, I thought it was kind of cool because they, they, you know, as soon as Janeway realized they injured this creature, she wanted to do something to help it, which I thought was fine this episode's fine like it's and just, we learned that she's a pool hustler yeah she's a pool hustler because of course she is and it's just fine and then harry kim kisses a girl for the first time and then he jerks everybody <laughs> like she kiss she kiss raped him yeah so like how does that work so like so jerking off no i i know i believe me let I know me show you <laughs> i know how to do that i know how to do that um, so they're all together on the holodeck, right? So like Paris is talking to that lady and they're kissing and stuff, but mm-hmm. she, she's not real. Like there's none of this is real. Mm-hmm. So like t- the next morning, if like Paris takes it too far and is like finger banging her at the table to see, like have to explain like, Hey guys, I'm sorry. I was finger banging my holodeck date last night. I know I, I, I got into it a little too much. Like do those conversations happen? I think so. I mean, well, just would like he it, apologize would he... if he did it for real, though? That's the thing. Question. He might not. I don't know. He might not. He He's seems like, hey. kind of trashy. And who was hotter, the blonde lady or the one that he was into? Because I'm going the older blonde lady because she's DTF. Like she's 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 going to teach you a thing or two, Harry Kim. Right? She's going to school you. Yeah, school boy. <laughs> I can school you right now. Come on back to the I got the the je ne sais pas for you there, buddy. Come on. <laughs> that bar is buddy. You see, I'm like Ben. You sound like Beetlejuice is trying to seduce me. <laughs> Come on, just say my name. Baby. I'm into it though. But yeah. I'd like um, to have seen him on Star not Beetlejuice, but uh Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton on too Star famous. Trek. He's always been too famous for Star Trek. And yeah, I guess in 87, 86, yeah, even yeah. back then. He's he's always been too famous. Like he's out of their league. He could have showed up in a movie as like a bad guy. I guess you could have replaced Roddy McDowell in Generations with Michael Keaton. They have similar hairlines and eyebrows. That might have been interesting, right? Like, yeah. you know, like I wouldn't I wouldn't recast that character. I wouldn't recast uh, Rafu with uh, F. Murray Abraham. I, I love F. Murray. How could you not like F. Murray Abraham? He's a good yeah. Jewish man, Ben. I wouldn't recast who what was the other movie? Not what Nemesis, but First Contact, like Michael Keaton as the Borg Queen. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have a lot of weird feelings about that because Borg yeah. Queen's hot and then Michael Keaton would be hot and then it'd yeah. be weird. Yeah. Michael this Keaton bangs data. <laughs> yeah. And then the other only other option. Come on. Let's get nuts, Data. These nuts. The only other option is uh, Young Picard instead of Thomas Hardy. Well, that doesn't work. But yeah, then that's what work. I'm saying. He could have been. No, he could be the old Batman. 
the old Batman? Yeah, that was controlling uh, young Picard. Oh, but that's um, what's his name? Ron Perlman. Yeah, Ron Perlman. Which you couldn't tell because of the makeup. This way, it would be more of a, a theme if he was the old uh, Reman, yeah. because they they look like bats, and he's Batman, and there's bats. He could have played Cybok. That would have been cool to see. Oh wow! Instead of uh, whoever it was, Cyborg. I don't know who played Cybok. Whoever, uh, Lawrence Olivier? No, <laughs> Fishburne. Fishburne. <laughs> Wasn't he Taylor? Like, Lawrence Taylor. <laughs> Lawrence Taylor. Wasn't he <laughs> number fifty-six? No. LT's got the ear. No, he was uh, like Lucy's he tackled God son and blew out his ACL. Um, I'm trying to think about the, uh, Lawrence Howard from the Three Stooges. <laughs> Damn it! No, he was um, Lawrence Luckinbill. I never would have guessed that. Right on the name. tip of my oh. tongue. Oh yeah, Lawrence Luckinbill. And then we oh, lost. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Ben. Um, the guy with the eye patch from Undiscovered Country died. Yeah, Christopher yeah. Plummer. Christopher Plummer. Yeah, Christopher that's a bummer. He was great. So here's here's the <laughs> so the thing about Christopher Plummer. If we if we want to bring that up here, just uh, real quick, and then we'll wrap quick. this up. So just real quick, Christopher Plummer, um, from all the stories that I've been able to find, hated Sound of Music, and huh. said that the show followed him throughout the generations like an albatross. And he he just he just he he just did not like that schmaltzy crap, right? But he was a diehard Star Trek fan, and jumped at the opportunity to uh, be in Star Trek Six: The Undiscovered Country as That's the That's really guy. interesting. And then the fact that the whole Shakespearean uh, side of it, with him being a Shakespearean trained actor, he Which just got great. to just chew up scenery. Yeah, because he and uh, Shatner actually. We're in uh, some of the same uh, stage companies back oh, in Toronto back in the day. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, that Shatner understudied for him. Really? Or the other way. I think it was Shatner understudied for him for a couple of big shows or something early, early on. But It's weird that David Warner's in that movie because he's also in Star Trek V. Mm-hmm. And he's also the guy who tortures Picard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we so Christopher Plummer, God rest your soul, rest in dead. peace. Well, he did, he did. So, what do we think of the episode? Um, Ben, you go first. Oh, I never go first. Um, that's why I went first. Yeah, that's why you're going first. I, I was gonna read this thing about Lawrence Luckinbill, but okay. Um, no, uh, I don't think anybody cares. Lawrence Luckinbill is wasn't, wasn't great, wasn't bad. Um, they got me when they shifted from dust to uh, it. It's it's a life form. Do, 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 do. So six. Okay, because the life form thing felt classic Trek. Yes, and that's yeah. Space and me. I, I immediately thought about space amoebas. Yeah, and that that kind of took it up to a six for me. This episode at first, I was like, man, they're just fucking. This thing is like a Frankenstein because they're just taping shit together to try to make 43 minutes of television <laughs> because they had like the dust thing and oh man, this fucking dust this ain't going to work. All right, let's throw in a holodeck scene here too. Okay, great. Let's I, do that. Um, we got a spirit animal thing too. Cool. Bring that in. Like we need that. We need that. Uh, it's alive. Fuck it. Let's roll. Like <laughs> we got nothing left. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to say it was like a five and a half. Like it wasn't great. Mm-hmm. 
it was just kind of an episode. We're back to episodic Star Trek. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's just an episode. Like I'm tired of. I do agree, even though I hate Neelix a lot. Um, we're not going to get home if we explore every inch of fucking space on the way back. And I get that they're explorers. I understand. But the primary mission here is you're trying to get home. It's like if you're on a road trip and you're driving on the highway and you see like, hey, that looks cool. No, man, we got to go. We're on a clock here. We got to get going. Yeah, but here's the thing. It's going to take 75 years to get home. Yeah, but if they so go what? into every I think nebula- subconsciously, they know we ain't making it homie let's have that conversation like let's have that like let's have someone say like you know i don't understand why why do we keep going into evans like because we we have to do something like let's have yeah let's have that moment you know yeah the only their only hope of making it home you know at any decent age is to find a shortcut somewhere and they're not Mm going to find a shortcut if they just you know ignore every possible you know place or it could be hidden so it's going to have to be an anomaly if they find a shortcut it'll be an anomaly and you don't find that by just making a straight line well then let's but you, you know finger what bang it in a holodeck let's have that conversation <laughs> both of them let's have that conversation about hey we're just we're exploring so much because we're we're looking for a way because you, she if she's that worried about morale and then we've got a guy made of light and a stupid alien bitching about it what are the rest of the crew saying yeah See, I want the episode about the the Starfleet version of me that's like the lieutenant or junior grade guy that's, you know, does his job or whatever, gets by during the day, goes down to his quarters at night and just sits there rocking and just like ugly crying with snot coming down. (laughs) We're never going to get home. We're never going to get home. What the fuck are we doing out here? Suck it up the next day. Go back to work. Any of the Maquis... Because we know um, Chakotay was a Starfleet officer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Torres went to Starfleet Academy. Mm-hmm. Uh, do we know so far of any of the Maquis who had nothing to do with Starfleet whatsoever? Because it would be interesting to see what their opinion of what's going on on the ship is. You know, oh, like a Maquis that was just straight civilian. Yeah, like they then... were, they were a colonist that lived. You know that that whose planet was taken over by the Cardassians because mm-hmm. of the treaty. And yeah. so, like, what's their opinion of the decisions that Janeway is making? I don't recall that ever coming up, but it might. Yeah, it might. Probably would have been a better show if they did. You know what? It's probably going to come up in the next episode, and then we'll never hear about it again. The so only other one see, I, I think of is memes. Seska, but I don't know anything about her background. I don't know. Mm. Jenny, what do you think of the episode? Um, I think the strange thing is I'm enjoying this show despite like like when i really break it down it's not a great episode i'm like eh, it's kind of bad whatever but i'm enjoying it right. um i gave it a little bit of bonus points because like whenever they were talking about like going inside the nebula i'm like yeah get up in that nebula's guts <laughs> <laughs> get in there Did extra uh, stitch in get up in there <laughs> i'm gonna give it a six all right you know what? If you would have went before me, Jenny, I might have raised my score a little bit for just for that just for that bit. <laughs> Dennis, what do you say? It's a five. I don't really. I've never really cared about these space life forms. That yeah, they went into like it's the space hard. ravioli, the ones from Farpoint, all that stuff. It's the just one that like, Crusher oh, found that were replicate. Yeah, that were reproducing, and yeah, it's hard. 
Yeah, I'm just glad they didn't um, try to communicate with it. You know, like, oh, it's got a consciousness. We need to find a way to communicate with it so that it will give us some energy. Ooh, I, I'm glad you weren't in that writer room, baby, because that shit would have come up and then it'd be like, yeah, let's fucking talk to it. And you're like, oh, God. See, that's the thing. You you would have that's you would have fucked yourself with it because you'd been like, man, I'm just glad we're not like on TNG trying to talk to this guy. Final thing. draft. Ooh, I'm glad we didn't do that whole communication with, you know, the the space amoeba thing. And then like, oh, wait, rewrites. Oh, <laughs> gotta shit. talk to it. Hey, get Ronald. See if he can get a quick rewrite on this. Maybe Kess can telepathically communicate with it. Oh, what a waste of Tess of Kess in this episode, man. She was she was kind of building as a cool character. She had some cool moments, and then this one, she's just fucking an angry guy. So he shuts up. It's like it's it's a real bummer. At least you know if they had done the whole "it's alive" thing, like a uh, I guess an interesting way to reveal it would have been like her running into the bridge, like "you're killing it, you're yeah. killing it." You know, yeah, that would have been can, cool. She can sense the pain. No, I don't want anybody sensing anything anymore. Yeah, but that seven been, years of that shit. But that would have been better than her just going, "Oh, Neelix, this is fucking me like so fucking wet right now." Yeah, oh god, listening to you complain about the captain who's basically saved our lives from me being a sex slave on some shitty fucking Burning Man planet is really fucking making my chotch hot. Yeah, let's. Do I don't it. know if it's the living nebula or just the straight up sexism come out of your mouth, but. Uh, fucking moist. Yeah, she's always she's only been but so cool to us. But God, yeah, please fuck me hard right here, Neelix. <laughs> Come on, man, that shit was. I was like, dude, a, a boy activate emergency medical hologram. <laughs> we need a witness for this because you're gonna fucking kill my pussy. <laughs> <laughs> then we're gonna need the doctor to sew it back up with sutures. With sutures, yeah. Here, come cook this and then serve it to the crew. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know Paris wants to eat it. Boil the fucking clams in the moisture cup for my job. <laughs> Who wants clam chowder? <laughs> Sautéed in my pussy juice. <laughs> <laughs> Now it's a Star Trek episode. <laughs> uh, I still, I'm still laughing at my can't. This is what you have to do in the future to jerk off. <laughs> can't you jerk off in your quarters in peace? Yeah, Riker would have. I mean, Riker yeah. would have done both. But well, see, like, Riker though had holograms in his... movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you say movies, but it was just the three chicks playing. You know, uh, you don't know what happens or... next. <laughs> My favorite Riker is, I don't need your pretend women. <laughs> I don't need your fantasy women. Kimmy. I've got my own fantasy women. <laughs> Here, let me show you. Which men you at? I think she's got a friend. I can make one for you. <laughs> here's my here's my friend Minuet, and here's her friend Hourette. Wait, and, was that uh, was that a Q episode after the minuet episode? I don't know, but it's still funny. That would have been a great callback if he would have said, what about if I give you this fantasy woman? Oh, um, that'd be fucked up. Fantasy women. Now, do you think uh, Riker ever talks to um, uh, Troy about the fantasy woman, about minuet? Does she know about minuet or what? Yeah, because he's like, you nothing like minuet. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what Troy likes. Yeah. 
She likes to be degraded. Yeah, that's why she was with Worf, and then she forgot about it. <clears throat> There's Camo Bros. All right, well, that's the episode, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. We had a really great time doing it. Um, listen next week where we have more Star Trek Voyager episodes. And uh, hey, everybody, thanks for listening. Who wants to say it this week? Dennis? Hey. Oh. oh, Ben, go ahead. You already started. I was going to say, how's, how's that soy latte coming? <laughs> Sorry, lattes in that nebula. Thank <laughs> you.